And welcome back to the Music Madness podcast. I'm your bracketologist, Kent. And today, I really do get to be a bracketologist because we're finally able to reveal our full bracket of 32 artists in the dead too early bracket. It's going to be a little bit of a longer show because we have 16 artists to get through. Second reason it's going to be a little bit longer is for the first time ever, I have with me a guest, my baby sister, Leah. Welcome to the show. Thanks. I'm super excited to be here. It should be fun. So I know you love music, and that's what made me think, and we've been having conversations kind of on the side, that you should be on the show at some point. But tell me a little bit about your musical tastes and why you thought it would be fun to be on an episode. Yeah. Um, so my musical taste is seriously all over the place. I'll listen to anything that I think is good, but that could be anything, <laughs> depending on the day. Um, yeah. I just really, really have always been very passionate about music. I don't know if that necessarily came from my parents since both of us seem to have this, but um, I just have always really, really enjoyed music. I actually remember you, so you not only bought me my first CD, but you also bought me my first that I think is good. Um, so my first CD you ever bought me was Aladdin, the soundtrack. <laughs> nice. And then in eighth grade, you brought me Glycerine, or not Glycerine, 16 Stone by yep. Bush. And nice. that was like the first CD that I was like, I really wanted and was so excited to get. So I started the corruption uh, down the darker path. That's good. You did. <laughs> yes. yeah. That's awesome. So. Let's get to it. So with okay. 16 artists and a guest, we're going to have to try and shorten this up. Plan for today is we're going to talk a little bit about the artist's musical career. And we'll talk about what artists are obviously on the list. Um, what's fun is that Leah doesn't know the top 16. So she'll be learning the matchups as we go mm -hmm. through and her reactions will be in real time. Uh, just a quick reminder of the criteria here. I had somebody actually asking me, so what again is the criteria for going into this, uh, this bracket? The way I put together the rankings, they had to be under the age of 50. They still had to be producing new music and performing. And they had to be doing it at some sort of a high level. There's a few people that have died before 50, but hadn't done anything notable in years who aren't on the list. So that's kind of a criteria I'm trying to qualify here. Um, and some of the people that may be seated a little lower than you expect because their career had kind of fallen off a little bit. This is a lot of my interpretation. So I think that's kind of how the bracket fell together. Um, what do you think about that criteria? Anything interesting there? Um, I mean, I think that makes sense and that's pretty straightforward, but I think that I'm going to be upset about some people that you probably missed that are fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what this is all about, right? Like you can't, you only got 48 spots, can't have everybody. So I talked a little bit about this, but after this episode, we'll have a final 32 and a full bracket. What that means is we could start making predictions. I'll have brackets available to fill out on the discord server. You fill them out. You predict who will win in each matchup and all the way through to a championship. You'll get points for each correct prediction. And then the eventual champ will get an opportunity to join me on the podcast in the next season if they'd like. Similar to this. So it'll be kind of a little bit of a banter give and take. So please join the Discord server, fill out a bracket, join the fun. Now on to the bracket. We have four brackets to get through. We'll talk about the four lower seeds as we go, but it'll really be focused on the top four seeds. Uh, the first of our four brackets is getting into the health reasons bracket. We're going to start with the four seed who will be going up against the five seed. Our five seed, as you remember from the play-ins, is Karen Carpenter. Her opponent is going to be the original lead singer of the band ACDC, Bon Scott. 
what do you think? Did you see have that one on the list? Um, I did. He was one of my maybes. Uh, the fourth was actually the one that I wasn't certain who ended up being. I oh, by the way, I've like looked into this way too much and have <laughs> a whole list of people. So good. Well, yeah. well I'll probably I'll miss somebody, but you know, uh, Bon Scott was one kind of had to have on there, right? Like ACDC's massive, and he was a big yeah. part of getting them off the ground. Um, they're from Australia. Mm-hmm. Uh, they put an, al- an album out there. Yeah. But they actually changed the lineup and released it internationally a little bit, which is kind of interesting. Their second album, Dirty Deeds, Done Dirt Cheap, was released in Australia in 1976, but they didn't put it out in the U.S. until 1981. It's, it's super weird. Um, the album had hits like the the title track and Big Balls, um, which, you know, everybody's yeah. heard Big Balls. <laughs> Wildly different songs, <laughs> right. too. So, yeah. yeah, kind of funny there. Um, they put out two more albums, Let There Be Rock and Poweridge. Uh, and their real big hit was the sixth album, Highway to Hell, in 1979, which had a song with the same name, Girls Got Rhythm. Uh, the album went to number 17 on the Billboard Hot 200, ended up being their second best-selling album of all time behind Thunderstruck. Uh, it sold over 7 million copies, was number 200 on the Rolling Stones' top 500 list. After that album came out, Scott died from alcohol poisoning at age 33 in 1980. Suspected. I yeah. mean, there's actually things coming out that they think that it was a heroin overdose, but that's, I'll allow oh. it to be in health reasons. Oh, all right. Cool. Well, yeah. that's uh, interesting. That's what I, that's what I heard, but you know, you never, the hard part about yeah. this is the Venn diagram of the reasons these people died oh, yeah. is massive, right? Like most of them had, survived health reasons survived drugs survive <laughs> survive something so yeah what's interesting too so his actual coroner report has that he was it was classified as death by misadventure i, I saw that too like i want that I th- it... like that is what i would like to have <laughs> is... on my death certificate <laughs> isn't that just a crazy way to <laughs> but die? i don't want to die of these same things but right <laughs> like that is what a weird statement. But in here, interesting still. Um, so they yeah. went on the the band considered actually breaking up. Uh Bon Scott's parents talked them into keeping on going. They hired Brian Johnson, and then they put out Black Back in Black, which went on to sell 50 million albums, making it one of the best selling albums of all time. So what do you think? Pretty I think different they dedicated styles. it to him too. That's right. That's right. Yep. Pretty different styles there with Karen Carpenter versus ACDC, right? <laughs> yeah uh yep those are not the same at all which is what's fun so <laughs> right I like that. so it'll be yeah. interesting to see who comes out of that one it's such a tight match right like it's with what comes down to personal preference yeah i mean i don't like ACDC, so i'll say that <laughs> i know your husband does favorite band yep okay. <laughs> <laughs> we disagree on music a lot <laughs> it's it's funny like right now like 80s and 90s bands are really popular in mm-hmm. clothing my daughter came home with an ACDC shirt this week. And I was like, of all of them, I was like, Rolling Stones and Nirvana are big, yeah. right? Like, maybe pick one of those. But, you know, yeah. it is what it is. She liked that. So it is what it, she's wow. going to be 12. So what can I say? Her uncle will be very proud. <laughs> exactly. That's what I said. You got to wear it around your uncle. So cool. All right. So uh, that's that's matchup one. That's just we're just one in. Right. <laughs> we got 16 more of these. 15 more of these. Excited. Uh, so at the three seed, who's going to be facing off with our six seed, Amy Winehouse? It's the quintessential reggae artist, Bob Marley. Mm-hmm. Do you have that one on the list? 
I did. I had him at two, though, but that's fine. Yeah, well, hey, I mean, you know, I mean, he's uh, it was interesting because I tried to look up like album sales and influence. Yeah. It's one of those where I'm trying to say, OK, influentially, like reggae mm-hmm. wasn't even a thing before Bob Marley right. and the rest of the world. Yeah. Yeah, like he definitely was the pioneer or one of the pioneers. Of, I mean, if you think of the Bradley Noel, is that his, right? He's also yeah. on the list. And he is. I mean, he way for him <laughs> and yeah. his band. Yeah, exactly. So, very, right. I mean, sad that they're both on this list. But, yeah. Right. Um, so everyone knows of Bob Marley, but I didn't really know a ton of his music. Obviously, anyone who's been to a beach knows uh, Don't Worry About a Thing, but that's not the name of the song. I was shocked to find out that's actually called Three Little Birds, right? Like, which mm-hmm. I that's what this is, makes this so much fun is like learning that, oh, that's not like Don't Worry About a Thing isn't actually the name. But that was off his ninth album titled Exodus, which also had the bangers Jammin', One Love, and the name Three Little Birds, right? I, did you know this that he moved to London in 1977 where this album was recorded because he had to exodus from Jamaica because he survived an assassination attempt in 1976? No. Yeah. No. Why I had no idea. Where? Six dudes broke into his house, shot him three times, shot his wife um, because <laughs> they disagreed with his political uh, affiliations with another Jamaican political candidate, which crazy that he survived an assassination attempt to die yeah. early of something else so yeah that blows my mind <laughs> so he died actually in 1980 of skin cancer he had a mm-hmm. weird form of treatable melanoma but because he converted to rastafarian which didn't believe in medical treatment mm-hmm. it killed him so kind of okay so it talked about when I was looking into him too. He talked about like he had it in his toe. If he just had amputated his toe, it would have like actually cured him of it. Mm-hmm. And, and that was against the belief. But like what they did instead, they skin graft on him. So they took some of like his yeah. eye and put it on his toe. So I mean, like he still obviously wasn't getting like all procedures, <laughs> just yeah, like I, some of them. You it know? was wild, so, right? Yeah. I mean, kind of a bummer that, but they talked about like that it would hinder him being and he didn't want that. So yeah. he like, continue to be on tour while he had cancer yeah i don't know it's so weird some of those religious things right like on why they can or cannot do that but it ended up killing him right like which is Mm -hmm. crazy so uh marley versus winehouse thoughts that should be an interesting one i I love both of them actually (laughs) in different while in very different ways too right they're both fun yeah. What when I was trying to build this matchup, I was looking ahead. When I was putting together matchups, I was looking to this round of thirty-two. I wanted weird matchups, and I think there this was... is kind of the definition of. All right, um, on to the next matchup. We have at number seven, Cass Elliot from the Mamas and the Papas, who won out her play-in versus Farouk Balarsara. Noah's stage name. No. Freddie Mercury from Queen. Oh, okay. <laughs> I probably yeah, butchered so his last name. So, anyhow. Um, Man, I'm very interesting to see who's number one because I would have thought he, I mean, it's Freddie Mercury. Yeah. He no, he, number one. He, he, well, one of the things, remember, I kind of said at the beginning, like age and per, like where mm-hmm. they were in their career, right? So, Freddie mm-hmm. is one of the oldest participants on the list. 
He is. But he had to be included because, I mean, he had such an influence and made so much music. He was born Mm -hmm. in Zanzibar, of all places, to parents of Indian descent, which Mm -hmm. just totally cool. Um, But they just churned out bangers year after year. I found this interesting. They were one of the few bands ever where all four members wrote music for them. And in fact, they were the only one ever where all four members had a song that went to number one. Hmm. The Beatles didn't do that. Like in like of ones that they wrote all went to number one. All four members wrote a song that went to number one. So Freddie wrote crazy little thing called love Bohemian Rhapsody. Don't stop me now. Somebody's got somebody to love love of my life and we are the champions those were all freddie written songs isn't that crazy okay a lot <laughs> those I are mean, like their best yeah. songs he was a well, okay well, um <laughs> i don't know like, that's awesome oh, that a lot of them were his i mean everybody knows bohemian rhapsody but i mean they have so many other good yeah, songs yeah. too right like but the, it, you do you know, debatable if that's mm-hmm. even their best i'm a big fan of don't i mean stop i think it's me like now. oh i like don't stop me now killer queen was always one of mine mm-hmm. i love that so that was one of the other guys. I can't remember who it was, but anyhow, <laughs> it, it wasn't Freddie. <laughs> no, it wasn't Freddie. So I'm trying to really focus in on yeah. Freddie with this one. Right. Mm-hmm. But it was, yeah. it was crazy that all of them wrote uh, yeah. other ones, but yeah, Freddie's voice is what made queen. He had yeah. a four octave range, which is just insane. Other people on this list have had a three octave range, but he was able to hit four. I know he might have the best voice ever. I don't know. What do you think of that? I would agree in a lot of ways. I feel like he should be on the list of like, you should never do him for karaoke. Um, <laughs> it's him and Whitney. Like, yes, if you ever heard him at karaoke, it is horrible, which uh, I mean, I'm kind of not pro karaoke. I'm like, right. you know, kind of anti, but um, yeah, like, I've heard people try and I'm like, why, why would you ever try and be no. Freddie Mercury? Like, just, you're just setting yourself up to it. fail. Yeah. <laughs> Sadly, like embarrassingly. Right. Yeah. So Freddie sadly was diagnosed with HIV in 1987, mm-hmm. but he kept it to himself until 91. He announced it and died within 24 hours, which is crazy. And just like that. He just suffered in silence for that. He was only, he was 45 years old, so he barely makes the list being under 50. But yeah. still, I mean, he had done like live aid just a few years before he died, which is crazy to think that he was sick, probably even at that point. Um, so this one's a bit more stylistically similar with Cass Elliot and Freddie Mercury. I mean, like Queen and Mamas and the Papas are kind of similar, but not really right. Like it's kind of stadium rock versus kind of jam band. So it it's still kind of different, but, you know, it'll be fun. Cool. Hey, Mama Cass. All right. So I think you're actually going to be pretty happy with number one. Um okay. Well, happy ends. It's, it's, it's right. Kinda, sucks to say I only happy have one about left this. on my list, too, and he better be on this list. Okay. Mad, so. so the final matchup in the health reasons bracket is a tough one. Sorry, big pun. But as an eight seed, you have a big hill to climb versus one of the greatest and most influential drummers of all time. John Bonham <laughs> from Led Zeppelin. Oh my gosh. I just actually didn't think you'd put him at number one. That is me going with like, what I think you would put his bracket. And that is not who I would assume you would have put there. Not gonna lie. I mean, so the thing about John Bonham, everybody knows Robert Plant. Everybody knows Jimmy Page. Right. But Bonham died and Zeppelin broke up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because they couldn't like, they didn't feel that they could go on without him. Well, yeah. Not that they couldn't go on without him, but like they didn't want to. Like, that they felt like they weren't Led Zeppelin without yeah. him. That I, the, blows my mind. The quote from Plant <laughs> is, if you took away Bonzo's drumming, the band would sound useless. Which, yeah. 
is just it it was absolutely crazy i was like you have to you have to have the, him at number one so i know you love zeppelin so i wanted to I see I thoughts on this and like yeah does yeah. that make sense to have him at number one yeah it does i just did not think that's where you would put him at so i didn't put him on my little fake list because i didn't think you would he's um the number one on the rolling stone greatest guitar mm-hmm. drummers of all time he is number one on there didn't Okay, look at what he died from. I don't even know how you physically did that I in know. one day. Um, right? That sounds not good. Yeah, the, so he drank, what was it? It was like a gallon of vodka or something like that in a uh, day. 40 shots is what I read. 40 um, shots. And he did four quadruple vodka screwdrivers. People are going to bicker about what their best albums are, but their first mm. four are really like yeah. peak, yeah. right? Like, I mean, that's oh, what yeah. their best. Well, yes. But how so holy? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, physical graffiti was it. Not to say it isn't yeah. awesome. House of Holy no. is good, but they're very different. Like Cashmere is amazing. Dancing is. Days from House of Holy, Stairway to Heaven, Black Dog, Whole Lot of Love, and Ramble On, and other massive hits were on the first ones, right? Like so, it's their mm-hmm. cha- their sound kind of yeah. evolved as they went on. But Bonzo, as they called him, was mm-hmm. key to all of it. Like the drumming. Okay was and the the interesting thing is he only used a single bass drum right like he made mm-hmm. sounds that sounded like he had two bass drums with one bass drum so it, like every list of best drummers he's always the best yes he is he's always number one yeah so um yeah. i thought another interesting thing was they never had a number one song they it never went to number one they sold a ton of albums but they never had a number one hit but they're still considered the greatest rock band of all time so okay. Yeah, Bonham was only 32 when he died. Uh, Big Pun is in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Which is sad to say. His son is supposedly potentially better. than. Wow. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I don't know. That is gossip. (laughs) I'll call that. But like, yeah, which is kind of cool to carry on your dad's leg. Well, uh, okay. I'm glad to hear that I met expectations with that one. So that's the whole health reasons bracket. And on to the freak accidents bracket. So this one is a little bit different. And I thought it was uh, crazy because on the other ones, a lot of them are personal choice. This one is just kind of random bad luck. What do you what, what are you expecting from this one? I mean, this was my hardest one. I'm gonna lie. I have a couple that have to be on here. Um, <laughs> but then I don't know. I don't All have right. four people. Oh, interesting. Okay, well, let's let's so, dive in and we'll we'll see which one I surprise you with. Um, starting off yeah. on the freak accidents, four versus five matchup. We know we have Dwayne Allman from the Allman Brothers as our five seed. His opponent at the four seed is the original rock star, Buddy Holly. You knew it had to be in here because we had uh, Richie yeah. Valens on there. Yeah. Uh, interestingly, Rolling Stone has Buddy Holly ranked as their third number 13 on their list of 100 greatest artists of all time. He defined modern rock as a guitar, a bass and drums. And he was only 22 years old when he died in the same plane crash that killed 17 year old Richie Valens, who has already been eliminated. So it's just, it's crazy how how big this guy must've been. I mean, even he his like look iconic. Yeah. You know, the Buddy Holly glasses. Mm-hmm. I wear the Buddy Holly glasses and it's, God, how many years later, right? Like 80, 50 years later, 60 years later, 80 years later. So where yeah. the crash site is in Iowa, that is what's there. Our glass. 
That's crazy. Um, so Buddy Holly, he was the lead singer of a band called The Crickets and was really the driving force of that band. They had songs, That'll Be the Day I Die, Peggy Sue, Every Day, It's So Easy, Bo Diddley, and Oh Boy. They were massive hits in 1957 and 1958. Even in his short life, he had number one hits in the UK, the US, and Australia. And he actually toured all three of those countries before the age of 22, which is, it's crazy for that back in like the 50s to have been to Australia and uh, the UK. He actually died in a plane crash flying (laughs) to Moorhead, Minnesota from Clear Lake, Iowa um at 22 and i always think would elvis have been as big as he was if buddy holly survives that'd be an interesting thing he kind of was the gateway yeah i mean elvis kind of picked up where he left off and i i always think you know i don't think he would have right like i mean buddy holly if he survives that plane flight might have been elvis which is it's wild to think like what would have the world looked like so Anyhow, Dwayne Allman versus Buddy Holly. Talk about different matchups, right? Like Dwayne Allman, the epitome of a guitar player versus Buddy Holly, the guy who invented rock and well, didn't invent, right? Like he made it mainstream. So a very different matchup there. Yeah. Oddly, even the Beatles slightly based their name from the crickets. Like, oh the Beatles it's like another play that same way that was one of the weird things I found when looking into Buddy Holly I was like really they they like bugs together funny. they just kind of stole his name I, man I did see that a lot of artists reference Buddy Holly as a massive influence on them right. so yeah it it's it's crazy 22 our six seed country star Hank Williams and his mystery death <laughs> which uh, if you listen to it I gotta put him in almost any one of the brackets but he's up against our three seed, Otis Redding, who died from it. You guessed it, a plane crash at 26. Redding also is on the Rolling Stones list of top 100 artists of all time. He was number 21, and he churned out a ton of hits in his short life. Uh, his first big hit was called These Arms of Mine. However, he wrote the original version of the Women's Empowerment Anthem, Respect. As well, Aretha Franklin covered an Otis Redding song, uh, and it's it's kind of funny. Try a little tenderness yeah. was his breakout. It was a crossover hit. Then he had massive songs: "My Girl," "Stand by Me," "Hard to Handle," and then there's "Sitting on the Dock of the Bay," which was put out the same year he died. And s- amazingly, it, it's s- said that he heard the Beatles, Sgt. Pepper's, and the Lonely Heart Band. And said he wanted to modify his sound to sound like that, which is is kind of crazy. So what was Otis Redding on your list? What do you think of that one? Yeah. Yeah. Both these were on my list. Yep. Yeah. Nice. Would Can you imagine him sounding like the Beatles, though? That kind of, I can't, I can't, I can't no. actually form that now that you've said that. When, it, when <laughs> I read that, I was like, what? I mean, it, it it's it's definitely the weirdest of his songs, which is very much Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Heart Club Band was definitely something I talked a lot about in the last series. But it, it like sitting on the dock of the bay doesn't sound like that at all. It just is no. weird. Yeah, um, I like that song. The cool part about doing this is I didn't realize all of those songs were attributed to one artist, um, much yeah. less Otis Redding. So he actually died of a plane crash outside of Madison, Wisconsin, three days after recording sitting on the dock of the bay. 
he had recorded it three days before and he was only 26 years old he was also the pilot hank williams versus soulful crooner otis redding that's a that I, I like crazy matchups and that's a pretty crazy one yeah that should be fun um on to <laughs> our next matchup the seven versus two for our seven versus two at the seven seed we had hip-hop prodigy Aaliyah facing off with our number two seed which is ronnie van zant of leonard skinnard ronnie and actually mm-hmm. steve gaines both died in a plane crash which actually had all five other members of the band in the plane the other five <laughs> survived but the band broke up soon afterwards they got back together years later but largely as a cover band of the music they had made while those two were alive so it's just it's crazy to think all seven members five of them survived a plane crash which is that, that just blows my mind his the gains his sister was also on the plane at the time and she was currently with the band as well and wow. she died too oh my god so Mm-hmm. crazy yeah they I lost imagine. three members of their band that day i couldn't imagine just like being in a plane that crashes and surviving when half of your band just dies yeah uh, didn't his brother is it his brother who took over his lyrics so that yeah 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 right? his brother was in the band too and he kind of took over as the next lead singer which is that's a uh, big shoes to fill because ronnie was kind of his voice was something else. If there's somebody who's probably going to fill his shoes, it'd probably be a sibling though. Like your voice, you know, is probably going to sound very similarly. Mm -hmm. For sure. Their debut album is just amazing. It was self-titled and it contained songs. Tuesday's gone. Simple man. Give me three steps and their guitar opus Freebird, which everybody tries to play. It was always the hardest thing on guitar hero to play was Freebird. Um, Their second album was called yeah. Second Helping. It has their biggest hit ever, Sweet Home Alabama, which is talking about karaoke. That's like everybody tries to sing that one. <laughs> yeah, but that one's singable. It's singable. That Free one's Bird's doable. Not playable, but you can sing. For, like, yeah, yeah. You can, you at can least sing Freebird. No yeah, one can oh, play God. it on guitar. But yeah. No. If you ever hear it too, at like a bar or you know like they have the cover bands they always cut out the guitar solo which is the <laughs> hardest part of freebird <laughs> five minute guitar solo. yeah the fun part about doing this is i like get to listen to the songs as i'm putting it together and i'm like oh, man yeah. freebird is good i forget i forget it about is. that one so i love tuesday's gone too that's actually probably oh, my favorite leonard skinner song i do I do love yeah. that one yeah i sweet hole yeah. alabama you gotta appreciate it for what it was but it's oh, not yeah. their best song Right. Like they have so many other good songs as like a a guy who's trying to be a better person. Simple man is such like a just like a kind of an aware person song. You know, it just is great. My husband danced with his mom to that at our wedding. Oh, that's great. That's a good I I was there and I don't I don't remember that. But that's it's a that's a great story. (laughs) So love that song. Their last album. Street Survivors have the song, What's Your Name? And that smell. So that smell is supposed to be about the drug use of a few members of the band. Ronnie actually had stopped using drugs. uh, But two of them were in serious car accidents within the same year. Um, And it's the only album they had that actually featured Steve Gaines. Uh, Ronnie had said Steve Gaines was the future of Leonard Skinner, and he was better than he was. So he was the only other vocalist before they died to sing on a Leonard Skinner song, which is sad to think about. So in 77, they're flying a plane to Louisiana, 
plan rate the plane ran out of gas crashed killing van zant and Gaines and his sister worth noting uh those were the two main singers and songwriters for the van the band van zant was 29 Gaines was 28 and like i said the band broke up soon afterwards so talk about like different musical things Aaliyah versus leonard skinnard <laughs> i was definitely looking at that one yeah. as a weird one oh, but i love Aaliyah. i know i like I'm not calling upsets yet, but this this could be an upset. I think it could be too. She's so good, but I mean, I just ranted about how many songs I love. <laughs> so. I think voting this week is going to be tough. Yeah. There's so like even if, if a seven two seed is making you think. Hopefully, I've done something right. Yeah. All right. No. On to our. This is the one I don't know. So you had three on this one, and yeah, now we're on to our. Those are your three. Okay, good. This is this is exciting. I'm yeah. excited about this one because this I don't think a I lot of people I don't think a lot of people know this one. Our number one seed is an unknown, which is is good. Um, so finally, Jim Crow Crossy Crossy. What I don't know. Was, somebody tried to correct me on Crochy. Crochy. There it is. Oh my god, it's Jim Crochy. Crochy. Anyhow, <laughs> uh, yeah, there he is. He's our eight seed. Um, and facing off against an absolute juggernaut. At number one, our number one seed, the original guitar player and the founding member of the Rolling Stones is Brian Jones. Oh, yeah. I did have him on my like backup list. I'm not gonna lie. All right. All right. All right. So Brian Jones. I just, a... yeah, I don't know. I think. Okay, go ahead. Put him number one. Jones was part of the 60s blue and art blues and R&B scene in London. He was in a few early bands with musicians who would go on to be in Cream and other bands, including he was he was friends with Clapton. Um, Jones actually put up a flyer in a in a bar and Mick Jagger and Keith Richards both pulled that flyer and like called him and responded to the ad and joined the group. He was the person that created the Rolling Stones, came up with the name Rolling Stones and was a driving force behind their early albums. He was a multi-instrument musician. He primarily played guitar. Richards mm-hmm. and he innovated the double rhythm style that's called guitar weaving. It's what Keith Richards calls it, uh, which became their kind of signature sound. Uh, so th- this part right here kind of was what made me think Brian Jones was kind of a magician in music. He played the sitar on Street Fighting Man and Paint It Black. He was the backup vocalist on Satisfaction and Sympathy for the Devil. Devil. He played the Mellotron on She's a Rainbow. He played the recorder on Ruby Tuesday. And like the Stones sound just changed so much. And he was what kept all of that R and like the different sounds in it, uh, which is, you know, kind of um, what what happened when he left the band, the Stones sound changed. It went to being more of a kind of a guitar band, just a regular old normal band. So I'll pause there, see what you think. And uh, what do you think of Brian Jones being part of this list? He was actually one of my ones. I wouldn't, because his death was that I didn't really think of him as like um, a freak accident, which it kind of is, I guess. He's also notably by Misadventure on the Coroner's Report. (laughs) Misadventure. also another one that, um, but so that's what he was as well. So they actually had more success. He left, unfortunately, once kind of Richards and Jagger took. So it wasn't actually their own yeah. 
sound as much, even though he did all these crazy things, it wasn't like their music. And so that's part of why they became much more um, commercial. Like once he kind of left, is that yeah. they started making their own music. So that's why they had a completely different sound. So yeah. that's my only thing is that ultimately like his six, there's the, the stone success wasn't, I mean, it is him, but it was also definitely, yeah, well, yeah. but no, he was huge. Cause he definitely had, he started them, he named them, but you know, ultimately he left <laughs> or yeah. they, like they made him leave. It wasn't even like he chose to, he was like, I kind struggled of with this one. Cause I was like the influence he had on the stones, <laughs> like thinking about all those songs that I just listed off <clears throat> that he was a part of, right? Like that either helped write or was like a major part of like some of the pieces of it but you're right like after he left they went much more mainstream um yeah an interesting thing and this is maybe something we'll touch on later he he was on yellow submarine for the beatles he did backup vocal yeah he did backup vocals on that that album and he did some sound effects he was percussion for Jimi Hendrix on all along the watchtower. He played sitar for him on my little one. So he was not just the stones. Like he was, he would sprinkle spice on songs, right? Like he would come in and just do random things. And like the, we may get to this in a little bit. He found Jimi Hendrix. Like he was the one who brought Jimi out at a concert. Mm -hmm from being kind of a backup singer so um you know these are all like it's we we can debate that when we get to Jimi mm, hendrix <laughs> yeah it's a it's a it's a mosaic of uh <laughs> different things so he he's actually a member of the vaunted 27 club as well he had left the rolling stones mm-hmm. in 68 due to the irreconcilable differences but he was found drowned in the bottom of his pool in 69 He's in the health reasons group, but he probably could be in drugs. He probably could be in violent death uh, because he's in freak accidents. He is. He's in freak accidents, but he could be in probably any one of the groups. All of them. Yeah. Yeah. It's misadventure. Yeah. Right. Misadventure. (laughs) I think that's the 60s version of we have no idea what the heck happened to this guy, but he's dead. Yeah. So here he is. Yeah. uh, Anyhow, I put him in freak accident because he was found at the bottom of a pool. But, you know, it could be in a Mm -hmm. number of different places. So an interesting one for sure. Um, Maybe the weakest of the one seeds. We'll get to the others in a little bit. But, you know, had to put him somewhere. Yeah. Um, So Jim Crow. Okay, I didn't have him on my list. Versus Brian Jones. That's the end of the freak accidents bracket. We're halfway through two more brackets to go. So we're on to the OD and drugs bracket where Mm -hmm. we start to get a little controversial. Some people were rather miffed. Yeah. Miffed with me about Janis Joplin being a five seed. Um, So I've got a couple of receipts right here with this one. So according to Rolling Stone, all four Mm -hmm. of the groups or artists who are in the top four ranked higher than her on the top 100 artists of all time. She was number 46. (laughs) We have two in the top six in this bracket. We have number 29 and we have number 41. She also sold less albums than every other artist in the top four, except for our number two seed, but they are number six on the top 100 list. So they probably should be in front of Janice. So we'll see what people think once we kind of get into it, but I had I had to bring a couple receipts 
to try and talk about why Janice is a five seed. I, know I you hate were... to say it. I'm like most excited about this. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were. I knew you were. Um, this is this one. You were one of the ones giving me some. Uh... <laughs> I think that's such a weird thing to say. I've been waiting yeah. for overdose. <laughs> <laughs> overdose and drugs. Here we go. Yeah. Uh, okay. So do you want to hear her opponent? Right. Who, who, who got the four seed over her? Do you want to know? <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> All right. So her opponent. Uh, yeah. At the four seed, we have Keith Moon from a little band we call The Who. Mm. What do you think of that? Bit of a curveball, probably. I'm the number two drummer on the Rolling Stones 100. That's yeah, right. That's fine. He was one of the innovators of the double bass. Mm-hmm. One of the first to ever do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a founding member of The Who. Yeah. Uh, he was voted by, as you said, Rolling Stone, yeah. number two drummer of all time. behind Only behind John Bonham, who was the number one seed. Um, also on this list. Yep. Yep. Right. I read that Moon was the inspiration for the Muppets character Animal <laughs> because he just likes smashing oh. his drum set after every show. So he would just destroy it, just like Animal <laughs> yeah. would get a little excited and destroy it. That's that- his. Okay. Are you going into like his death? I know that I don't want to like have spoilers from next week, but like his death is such like a weird thing because he was Let- at the Buddy Holly premiere. Yes. That. Well- We'll get to it, but yeah, I, yeah. I definitely want to chat about it as we as we get to it because yeah. I, I have some things that I want to talk about there. So the first big hit for the Who yeah. was My Generation. Okay. They had some other mid success yeah. in the '60s, but their album called Tommy, about a deaf, dumb, blind boy by the same name, contained the song Pinball Wizard, and you could really see the genius of Moon on that album with the drumming. Right, like that dude was just like he drove songs with his drumming um and this was the one that really put them on top they got into what woodstock a bunch of other festivals because of tommy but their biggest album was who's next which included three of their biggest songs baba yeah. o'reilly uh, behind blue eyes won't get fooled again they had a couple other albums in there they put out some movies but nothing else that really stands out in 78 they put out the album who are you which had a song by the same name while touring prior to this, Moon was in rough shape. He passed out while drumming because he was so drunk mm-hmm. during a few songs at a concert, and they had to pull a drummer from the audience to finish drumming for him. So he had a bit of an alcohol problem. So I'll let you talk a little bit about his death here and <clears throat> what actually happened to him because yeah. I was shocked, too, about what he actually did here. Well, just like his... <laughs> It was at the Buddy Hall Holly story like premiere. Yes. Who he was guest of Paul and Linda McCartney. Yes. Um, and then after the premiere, he retired back to his flat, which happened to be the exact location for my four years earlier. So right. two other people on this list were in intertwined into this night of life. And then he took a pill, a tablet, um, Shoot, what is it? It's clomithiazole. And that's right. And died as a result. The drug he died of was meant to combat alcohol withdrawal, which is it's wild. 32 tablets of that. Like, what was he thinking? Yeah, I don't know. Because so I looked into this a little bit, too. So he was prescribed a bottle of 100 pills and he was instructed to take one pill when he had a craving for alcohol, but nothing more than three per day. Yeah. So 32 is a little bit more than that and yes so it just was like 
I don't know, it just blows my mind. Like, I don't know what site, I don't know. I just can't fathom, like, how that <laughs> was what was on his mind. Yeah. He was only 32. And then, too, if you take yeah. them with alcohol, which I don't know if he was drinking that night, but he was out with friends, you know? Yeah. Not a good combo, alcohol in this particular drug. So if he had, yeah. had even a drink, it would have been yeah. with his so 32 that, pills. That was 1978. He was 32. They put out a, a few more albums after that, but they weren't the same without him. And the band actually broke up in 1980. So they... They got back together years later to just kind of try and milk some money out of it. But it was the band wasn't the same without Keith Moon. So him dying kind of no. killed the who, which was one of the biggest bands of the mid 70s. So, they, all right. So that's our four or five seed. You know, what's coming now. The big ones. Um, so we mm-hmm. Thank you. Our, all our, I know the next three. You got all three. Okay. This, I'm excited to see if you do. Yeah. Um, so our sixth mm-hmm. seed is I Bradley <laughs> Knoll from Sublime. His opponent is one of the original 27 club members, mm-hmm. Jim Morrison yeah. of the Doors. Yes, it on? was. Yep. That's on the list. Yeah, that's number three. That's that, that was your number three? Nice. Yeah. So it's crazy. This band yeah. was only active for four years. I feel like we're going to say that Mm -hmm. a lot on some of these top seeds Mm -hmm. from 67 (laughs) to 71. But when they die, when he died, they had churned out some really unique stuff. His, his voice almost sounded sometimes like Frank Sinatra, but he was like singing with a jam band, right? Like it's, it's like, it sounded kind of like that that. that same bluesy, like deep voice. But singing completely different stuff. If Frank, if Frank Sinatra had taken enough drugs to kill an elephant, I think that's what he would have sounded like. <laughs> really stone singing Frank Sinatra. That's Morrison. Like he yeah. just is so like, hey, you know, like just very. <laughs> but like, it's so like, hey, <laughs> it's like deep and like. Oh yeah, yeah. The man's man voice, but just so stoned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Because people are strange, you know. Yeah, right, I mean, right. Happens. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's what he said. Yeah, that's, a, that's one of his songs. Yeah. Um. So their first album, it's crazy. I love it when like bands just come out and just rip it right off the band, like the first mm-hmm. thing. Because his first album was self-titled. It was their best-selling album ever, and it, it was included in the Library of Congress for its cultural, artistic, and historical significance. It includes the songs Break On Through to the Other Side, Light My Fire, and The End got a lot of play. Those are still massive songs today. It put the doors on the map, and it really brought their unique Frank Sinatra singing with a jam band style to the mainstream. So it it just, it it was crazy. I I love those first CDs that just come out hitting hard. Yeah. Their next album. Hit the ground running for sure. Yeah. I mean, they, they didn't mess around. Four years, massive hits. Their next album was Strange Days, mm-hmm. which included the song People Are Strange. Third album was Waiting for the yep. Sun. It was their only number one album, which is it's funny because like their other ones were so much better, right? Like this one had Hello, I Love You. I honestly forgot about that song. That's kind of who they were. They put out a couple other Just albums band. there in the middle, but didn't have a ton of massive hits. Their biggest album with morrison after that was la woman which included the title track and then riders on the storm which was put out in 1970 so i know you and i were talking about this when we saw each other in person there's a little bit of controversy around his death and like which group should he actually be in 
because there's yeah. been a number of rumors about murder. There's been drug overdose. There's been drowning, right? Like, so he died in Paris after recording LA woman with his girlfriend. He was found dead in a bathtub. No autopsy was done, but his friend said he had done a lot of heroin and he drowned. So like, just as we were talking about it, you, you kind of said there was a lot of different things that were going on there. What do you think about how he died? Oh, I mean, okay. I think everybody thinks he died of an overdose, Yeah, but yeah, there was just always a lot of mystery. Like there wasn't actually anything that said that that's what it was for sure. You know, like that, that's how it happened. So it was just like, it's interesting that he, that's what's suspected also because anybody who knew him knew that he did a lot of drugs. Like that was, (laughs) was you know, yeah. That was just like part of his day-to-day life. Mm-hmm. So, but I was interested to see what you would ultimately put him on. Cause it's like hard. Cause some of these, I mean, like he didn't die from that. That is yeah. what led to the, the circumstance surrounding his death for sure. So yeah. it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it, it's one of those where like the drugs, like I included the drugs and overdose, right? Like, cause the drugs yeah. in general probably is what killed him. Right. Cause right. he sunk below the water and just drowned. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm not meaning to laugh at that, but that is, you know, no, still nonetheless. I laughed with you. So. Uh, I know. So anyhow, like I said earlier, 27. So that's a big mat. Like mm-hmm. I love Sublime. I love Sublime. That's a mass. That it was <laughs> a big influence on my childhood. Um, You're just putting him against Jim Morrison. I know. I know. So it'll be interesting to see what people vote because, like, they. That's actually they like general like. Bradley Knoll, I would almost say, is like kind of like the Jim Morrison of just like two generations really stoner, later. Stoner, soulful. Yeah. yeah. Stoner, totally yeah. different, kind of reggae, yeah. you know, completely different. So if it, Jim Morrison and Bob Marley had a baby, I think it could be Bradley Knoll. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So that there mm-hmm. you go. That's the that's Bradley Knoll in a in a in a bucket. Mm-hmm. So with this next one, I think you and I could probably do a podcast oh an hour on this one uh, alone. I could talk about him every day <laughs> for many hours. <laughs> so it sounds like you have this person at number two. We could uh, probably mm-hmm. spend an hour here. Mm-hmm. Our seventh seed, just as a reminder, is Shannon Hoon, the lead Sorry, singer Shannon. of Blind Melon. His opponent is the number six artist of all time on Rolling Stone's greatest artists ever list. And the number one on a different list. Just saying. Yes, it's true. He's number one on a lot of other lists. Greatest (laughs) guitarist of all time. Uh, We're talking, of course, about the incomparable James Marshall Hendrix, a.k.a. Jimi Hendrix. Oh, Jimmy, Jimmy. Now, for those of you who do not know Leah, (laughs) Leah loves... Jimmy. do love Jimi hendrix <laughs> he's amazing <laughs> yeah probably my i mean when you asked earlier about like my favorite musicians like that he's my number one and he's been my number one for i don't know half my life probably i do think our dad had a massive influence on that because our dad does really appreciate jimmy and yeah always kind of would play jimmy around us so yeah. thanks dad yeah i mean i would also say led zeppelin with him too yeah so. for sure so yeah the interesting thing about this, I didn't realize this, but Jimmy changed rock music forever. He Correct. was the first person to use distortion on mm-hmm. his guitar. Because Broad- that was fun. <laughs> yeah, just because he wanted to. And, and like, just think about modern rock music without distortion. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Every band. They now have distortion pedals. Yeah. And he did not have that. He just made it up. He made it up. Yeah, I mean, that man was nuts. He would play with his teeth. He yeah. could pick, so he played left-handed, but he could pick up a right-handed guitar and flip it upside down and still play it. Yeah, which like, that just blows my mind. Do you um, know what his first guitar was? No, Sorry. See, again, I don't. I talk about this for way too long. So his first guitar, his dad had like this side job and he found a ukulele amongst the garbage that they were, Crazy. were there and it had one string on it. <laughs> one string and that is the first thing that he learned to play he learned the first song that he learned to play by ear was an elvis presley song that oh, he just sat there so and like cool. kicked out yeah so in the nuts like this dude just blows my mind yeah so it's it's crazy just because he was a studio guitarist for other people <clears throat> You were oh. telling me about this. Yeah, little he's little Richie still owes him money to this day. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he would just yeah. play for like Little Richie and a bunch of other bands. Just kind um, of Eiley like, Brothers. Were another yeah, big one the Eiley Brothers. That was the big one that I read too. Is he was like their guitarist forever. He was. So he honestly, like, because it's Jimi Hendrix and Jimi Hendrix kind of does what Jimi Hendrix wants. He kept getting kicked off their tours because, like, he never showed up on time. Um, <laughs> he, like, didn't really care about following the rules. But he was so good that people kept hiring him because it was, he's so good. Like, yeah. that people just wanted him to play. But yeah, he, he was. So, yeah, yeah. It, the dude was wild. So <laughs> I, I was reading through this and he finally got his own band. Like, somebody heard, like, one of the record execs heard him and said, Oh my God, we got to get this guy a band. So they put together a band named the Jimi Hendrix Experience and they were performing. Mm -hmm. This is where I talked a little bit about Brian Jones early on. Mm -hmm. They were performing at a band in London and at this bar, the night they performed was Clapton, Lennon, McCartney, Jeff Beck, Peter Townsend, Brian Jones, Mick Jagger, and a bunch of other heavy hitters. They all heard him. And like the expression of everybody was like, that's the greatest guitarist I've ever seen. Everybody yeah. came out of it saying that's the most impressive thing I've ever seen. We got to get this guy out there. Um, so it, it just it's wild to hear that all of those guys said best ever. Yeah. Do you know? I mean, it's funny that you mentioned Brian Jones. Do you know who he was found by? So he was found by um, what's her name? Linda. And she was Keith Richards girlfriend. That's right. I, I remember reading that, too. That's yeah. So that's probably why Brian Jones too was like so exactly. closely tied to him was that she yeah she found him with yeah. um at I mean Cafe Wa like the place that everybody was you yeah. know yeah so so I knew he had a lot of great songs what I didn't know is all of them were on his first album the Are You Experienced which was released in '67 Purple Haze Foxy Lady Hey Joe Wind Cries Mary all were on this album it's one of the top 400 greatest uh of all time it was number 30 on the 500 greatest albums of all time list and it doesn't even include songs that like didn't really get released as singles which like fire manic depression and red house which are also popular were on that album but they didn't get released as singles so it's just that album is insane like as i was reading through it it was like that's crazy i mean i hate to like that i love all of those songs obviously but access bold as love is actually my favorite album by him (laughs) well we'll we'll get to that in a minute but yeah i mean that that because to that point like he just was everywhere but paul mccartney and brian jones got Hendrix popular in the U.S. because they were both asked, McCartney and Jones were asked to play the Monterey Pop Festival, and they said, we wouldn't play it 
unless Jimi Hendrix was allowed to open for us. So that's why I said like Brian Jones didn't discover him, but he made him popular because he said the Stones won't play the Monterey Pop Fest without Jimi Hendrix. And he went on stage and said, this is the greatest guitarist I've ever seen. Pay attention. (laughs) And then Jimmy just blew people's doors off. Yeah. I mean, I think also think it's like a testament to how good he was that him and Bob Dylan like played each other's songs. Yeah. Nonstop. <laughs> yep. Right. So after that, to your point, Axis Bold is Love was released after that. It's also on the Rolling Stones top 500 albums of all time at number 92. This might be one of the few artists I've ever talked about on this podcast that had multiple songs on that top 500 list. But I know you love Little Wing. And it's tattooed on your body. (laughs) And so I I wasn't surprised to hear you say that was your favorite album. No, it is. It's just such a good song. It is. It's so short. You haven't heard it. It is. Yep. And it's like, it's funny because it's, I actually think um, like vocally for him, it's probably like the least challenging, but like, and even guitar riffs, it's not probably that challenging, but it's like how he used the guitar. Cause it's like, he doesn't, it's not one continuous note. It's like weird beats, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, again, I could probably talk for the whole day. So, <laughs> so <I> really like <laughs> you're not going to be surprised to hear this, but his third album, mm-hmm. Electric Ladyland, yeah. is also on the Rolling Stones <laughs> top 500 yeah. albums of all time at number 53. Oh, it's above Axis Bold of Love, too. It is. But all three of his albums are in the top 100, which is, is like... He put out three albums and all three in the top 100. And if you want to talk like four-year career, this man had a four-year career yeah. as well. He yep. was another one that basically came into the scene at 22. The album had Voodoo Child, All Along the Watchtower, and Crosstown Traffic, which everybody's heard All Along the Watchtower. Like, no one knows yeah. that's a Bob Dylan song, right? So No. I, I feel like if you heard the Bob Dylan version, you'd probably be thinking that he's covering a Jimi Hendrix song. Exactly. I mean, so good luck, Shannon Hoon. Um, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I love I Blind Melon. I love that one song by Blind Melon. <laughs> no rain. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. One. No. So, I mean, talk a little bit about Jimmy and how he died, right? Like, I know he's a part of the oh, 27 Club. He, yeah. He's part of the 27 Club. I mean, his was kind of, it's not like an unknown. It's just kind of weird. Like, he overdosed, and then his girlfriend is, uh, well, I don't even know if he probably wouldn't have necessarily called her his girlfriend because he was a weird man. Um, <laughs> but she, I swear, said, I have to remember, so said that he was still alive, like when she first found him and then called the cops. But it was like clear that he had not been alive any longer. Mm. And yeah. yeah, but he is. Yeah, he really liked drugs. You know, I mean, one of he met up with, I think it was Linda Keith and like some of her friends at one point, And they'd asked if he wanted to take um acid and he's like no but i'm really trying to try that lsd stuff i mean like this is that guy like he liked his drugs it is crazy that some of those people survived (laughs) some people just add to tolerance thing right like in jimmy you know it's it's sad so 27 and now finally we got to move on to the number one versus the number eight seed and i think the number one seed might surprise a lot of people. I think you and I talked about it because you're like, who could possibly be the number one yeah, seed? But he was on my list okay, in general. Good, 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 good. So at number eight, we have Mac Miller, who I still think is pretty mm. underrated and really doesn't deserve this matchup, right? Like he like <laughs> put out so many good I things. Know. 
But at our number one seed, we have the oh. king himself. Yeah. Mr. Elvis Presley. Yeah. I So I might get a lot of stick from people about Janice being a five. But I just kept thinking, just wait till you hear who the one seed is. Yeah. Right? Like, you can't argue with Janice being under mm-hmm. like the four guys that are in yeah. front of her. How do you put her over any of them? I can't imagine any of them being the five seed over Janice. No, I mean, no. you I would say that people could make, uh, I don't know. An argument of the Keith Moon versus Janice yeah. Joplin, but, but that's the, the other four, three, five seed, right? Like <laughs> it's like the four yeah. five seed is so close to each other. It's one of those. Yeah. The who sold a lot more albums. They did. than Janice yeah. Joplin did. So that that's yeah. kind of how I put her there. They had a lot more commercial success. Too. They did. They did. It, yep. So it's a personal preference. But on Elvis. So I want to get this out of the way before we even talk about his music. So I know I'm going to get a lot of comments. He died of a heart attack, not drugs. Well, after his death, toxicology reports came out and leaked that he had 14 drugs in his system the day he died. Ten of them were in a significant quantity, including codeine morphine valium and five different types of types of barbiturates and early in the 70s he had been hospitalized twice for barbiturate overdoses um and he may have eventually died of a heart attack but this is the drugs and od bracket so he may not have died of an od but drugs killed him right like that's that's the thing i'm trying to get out of the way is he may have had a heart attack but it was because of the drugs yeah, I doubt his heart had been great for the last couple of years of his life anyway. <laughs> right? So it just, it, it like, it, I didn't realize this when I started this whole thing. I knew Elvis had to be on the list, but I was like, yeah. oh, damn, he, he was a drug guy. I didn't realize he was a drug guy. So mm-hmm. it, it's interesting to kind of look into. And I knew of Elvis, but I didn't know Elvis until oh. I started really diving into some of this. Mm-hmm. So Elvis got his start when his manager said, we need to find a person to emulate the black artists of his era, <laughs> including little Richard yeah. Ray Charles and the drifters. In fact, his first album came out, included covers of those artists, including Tutti Fruity. But the biggest one that was his original song was blue suede shoes. So yeah. that was the first thing he started with was his original song there. In 58, he released Heartbreak Hotel, Jailhouse Rock, All Shook Up, Hound Dog, Don't Be Cruel, and the country went insane. The older generations hated his gyrations, like he, the man used his hips in ways that hadn't been used before. And younger people, especially women, just loved him. Um, it was crazy because after that, he went on a 10-year hiatus where he didn't really put out an album. He went into the military for two years and then he spent eight years just making movies and producing soundtracks for those movies. Viva Las Vegas, Blue Hawaii, and just a bunch of other movies that kind of sucked, but it was what his career was. He made a lot of money. Uh, He made a song, Can't Help Falling in Love for the Blue Blue Hawaii soundtrack, but that's the only real notable thing. In 68, he wanted to get back to music, and he did a TV special called his Comeback Special, his 68 Comeback Special. This show got 42% of the TV audience that at the time when he came back, and he was back. Could you imagine something like that now? Like, I couldn't no. imagine 42% of the viewership going to one person performing. 
Yeah, especially trying to think of somebody who would have taken 10 years off. I know, right? You know, to go into the military and make movies. Like, yeah. what kind of artist would do that? Mm-hmm. He even came back, like, fully in leather. Like, he was, like, leather head to toe oh, yeah. trying to, like, sell his, like, artistry of, like, I'm back, baby. I'm the rock and roll king. After he came back, his his sound had mellowed out a little bit. He put out hits, like, in the ghetto, which I completely forgot existed, but it was a massive hit. So... In 72, he did a TV special, Aloha from Hawaii. It was the first ever performance by a single audience artist that was broadcast globally. Everybody in the world could watch Elvis performing from Hawaii. So like the man, even after taking 10 years off, was still the biggest thing happening in the world, um, which is it, it just it's insane to think how big this person must have been at that time. Do you ever, I mean, if you think about it, do you think if he'd just gone to the military for 10 years, like that's what he'd done, that he would still have been as big? I think part of that he was still like front and center, even though his movies suck. Yeah. Like, you know, like he was still out there, you know, in front of people. He was still making movies, right? Like it's almost kind of, I'm trying to think of who would, who would even be kind of an equivalent. I can't, I can't think of anybody that would do Zach Efron, right? Maybe. Oh, yeah. (laughs) could do something but he's not like, a musician on his own really i mean yeah, he does no, music yeah, but he's right. not you know he doesn't tour. j-lo maybe she did some movies yeah that's a good point that's a good one yeah yeah because she kind of went and did the movie thing and came mm-hmm. back she yeah. represented selena who's on the I bracket know. somewhere back there yeah. right like that started her career yeah that's exactly right yeah which is crazy so in the 70s we saw elvis move more toward country music which who knew <laughs> Elvis was a country artist, right? But he really started to do drugs, like a lot of drugs at that point in time. Um, it's a misconception that like his career had fallen apart. It was just like the level he set was so high. He was still really successful. He put out the album Moody Blue in 1977, and it was the top of the country charts at that point in time. In 76, he put out a song called Hurt, which described how much he missed his uh, divorced wife, Priscilla. So it, it it just it's yeah. the levels he set were so high that achieving that again were was impossible. I saw somewhere he sold like 600 million albums during his career, which is no one's even come close to that. No, makes you wonder, did he always want to be a country star and they instead, yeah. you know, put him into this rock and roll, which maybe that's why I always hated being the rock yeah. and roll king, you know, yeah, because he always wanted to be the country god. When everybody called him the king of rock and roll, he hated it, supposedly, yeah. which is it just crazy. Um, so in 77, he was found dead on the floor of his Graceland mansion bathroom. It wasn't certain um, what it was, but the thought is that it might have been a codeine overdose. But he was only 42, which is crazy. Like he was that he looked that old. If it wasn't the drugs that did him in, it was the years of abuse that had done him in, right? Like, so um, it's just crazy that in the years he was active, how much he was able to do. So, yeah, I mean, I think Elvis was the one that people weren't thinking of in this one. Well, I think I think everybody probably would have expected him on the list. It's just where, again, where he would have yeah. put him because, yeah, yes, yeah. he, you know, his health issues, but they were caused because he had a lot of drugs in his system the more i read into it the more i was like oh this dude's got to be the number one in the drugs oh, bracket because right. it I, I read one quote that said elvis never met a drug he didn't like <laughs> he also liked a lot of food you know right, right. Which, again puts a lot of stress on your heart right weaken <laughs> your heart and then take a lot of a lot of food into it so Oof. 
there we go. Drug, drugs and OD. Did, did I meet your expectations? Right. Like I know you said yeah. that was your your favorite bracket. Does that kind of no? Uh... I should like that is so horrible. That I think that. <laughs> but it is like these are my favorite musicians. Like I love this realm of music. Yeah, it's but, it's sad to think, right? Like because mm-hmm. how much influence did the drugs have on the music they created feels like a lot right but then i think about too if they had okay this is like a sad thought but it's like if they hadn't passed would they have like almost self-destructed their career would we hold them in such like a supreme you know stance if they had continued on you know yeah that's crazy Mm -hmm. all right last bracket um, I know we've we've talked a lot, but we got one more to go. And this is the one where I'm going to give results as we go through it, because oh, I did yeah. have to take a right. like a personal vacation here. Right. Like <laughs> I was starting to look at it, I was like, oh, crap, I actually have a vacation plan in here. I, uh, how am I going to do a podcast? OK, uh, so we're taking a little break. Um, so the last one, violent death, <laughs> which it sounds funny to even talk about. But here we are. The 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 bracket includes murder and suicide, which are, you know, it's killing someone, whether it's yourself or someone else. Mm-hmm. So first off, our five seed, man, this was a battle. I got a lot of crap from a lot of my friends. We had a ton of people actually vote on this week, I think largely because of the five seed bracket. We had Chester Bennington from Lincoln Park up against Notorious B.I.G., one guy even asked me if everything was all right at home because <laughs> I put these two up against each other. I hated this one. I stared at this vote oh. for like ever. Yeah. And Biggie won by one okay. vote. No. One oh. vote. Oh, it killed like everybody was just dying over this one. So at our five oh seed, we have Notorious B.I.G. Versus our four seed, we have a Motown pioneer and one of the most influential R&B artists of all time, Marvin Gaye. Yeah. Was that on your list? Sure was. At number four. Yep. Yeah. There you go. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, So Gaye first came to success in the 60s with the song Pride and Joy, which is eventually remade by Stevie Ray Vaughan. Uh, that dude just loved his remakes. Oh, he loved to cover everybody, specifically <laughs> Jimi Hendrix. Um, <laughs> he wanted to be Jimmy. Yeah. Or Marvin Gaye, whoever he could just make some money off of. Mm-hmm. Um, so in 64, Marvin's next big hit was How Sweet It Is to Be Loved by You. He'd do a lot of duets with other Motown artists, like uh, It Takes Two with Kim Weston. His most successful partnership was a wom- with a woman named Tammy Terrell. With songs like Ain't No Mountain High Enough, You're All I Need. Good song. Crazily enough, Tammy Terrell collapsed during a concert that the two of them were doing together. And it was found that she had a brain tumor and it stopped her career. And she died at 24. Like, Why is she not on your list? So here's the thing. thing. She could have maybe been on the list, but she didn't have the sales on her own and the chops to really push anybody else out. I was like, I looked at her a lot, but, you know, she died okay, at 24. So, you know, she's on here so, through Marvin. Yeah. He um, was a bit older than that. Yeah. Yeah. In 68, he had his first number one with Heard It Through the Grapevine. In hmm. 70, he saw some per- police brutality at an anti-war rally and wrote the song What's Going On as a protest song. In It was a massive hit. Like his 
album didn't his label didn't want him to put it out but he said i'm putting it out one way or another um and in the 70s he started to move towards more sensual songs with let's get it on i want you gotta give it up uh so interestingly enough gotta give it up was the song that robin thick and pharrell williams got in trouble for with their 2013 song blurred lines yeah they got sued because it sounded i listened to it i was like this is blurred lines yeah (laughs) it's the exact same song um and then his last song was Sexual Healing in 1983. So something happened with Marvin in the saying. 70s where he just was like, screw it. I'm just going to write songs about <laughs> doing it. <laughs> Maybe it would help him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's such a sad story about how he died. Mm-hmm. In 1984, the day before his 45th birthday, his dad shot and killed him in an argument in their home. Like, yep. I couldn't imagine like just hey dad you're you're a jerk bam i'm dead he like, shot him multiple times yeah. <laughs> uh, his, just da- one? his dad was sentenced to only six years of probation because his what? dad was found to have a brain tumor that was mm-hmm. like anyhow I, but, I don't know what happened there but hmm. seems like just <laughs> man what a waste right like yeah he was he had just produced sexual healing which was his biggest song of all time the year before he was shot and killed so mm-hmm. you know Talk about like still in his prime, still producing good music, dead at 45. Okay, so that's just our four five scene, uh, which seems like kind of a crazy matchup with Marvin Gaye versus uh, our boy Biggie Biggie Smalls, right? Like, I mean, that good luck with that one. Like, that's a coin flip all day long. The last one was one point apart, just I know, right? Like, Biggie's got Biggie might have the hardest path to the championship if he wants to cry and get through here but at our six versus three seed we have selena who Mm -hmm. defeated sam cook to move on from the play-ins her opponent at the three seed is our only repeat artist from the first bracket john lennon Mm -hmm. so as i said at the top Mm -hmm. i didn't want to put lennon in here but he's one of the driving forces of the Beatles. Mm-hmm. He was only 40, but mm-hmm. I will say the point of his career and where he was killed is why he's a three seed versus a one seed. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it was one of those where he's not part of the Beatles. He's on his own. He's putting mm-hmm. out his own music. <laughs> you know, I'm like mm, a little bitter, a little bitter. He's that low. Yeah. What? Yeah. And that's, that's what I want to try and say here is a, uh, you know, oh, you're gonna get so much crap. Oh, I know. I'm gonna get a lot from this Oof. one. But the Beatles were done. He was done with the Beatles. He had already done the Beatles. Everybody else was part of their group doing their thing. He was creating double fantasy with Yoko at this point. Do you think they would have had a comeback though? I mean, let's be real. I mean, maybe he would have. I think the the bar he could have maybe had was Paul McCartney level success, which is pretty good. Yeah. But it's not as good as the Beatles, right? Like no, but I mean, like I think the four of them would maybe probably eventually well, come back together. Maybe we'll get we'll get to this, but he had like a diss track on Paul McCartney. He well, like you know. he did not like Paul McCartney at this point. So no. maybe, you know, um, egotistical. Yeah, right. <laughs> so what I, I know, like you said, I'm going to get some crap on this one, right? Because. Yeah, like, sure. um, I was having a conversation with my friend on vacation this last week 
and I let him know that Lennon was only a three seed and he seemed concerned. Um, so mm-hmm. like I said, Beatles were over at this yeah. time of his death. He hadn't put out anything good in a long time. Yeah. Um, you're going to try and justify this as much yeah, as you yeah. so, <laughs> I mean, you're going to get so much crap. It's, for a solo a career. it's him and Yoko Ugh. at this point. So in 1970, him and his wife, Yoko, put out the Plastic Ono Band, Uh which was his first release. Um, It went pretty well. He had like songs called Working Class Hero and Mother on it, which were relative hits. His biggest solo album was 1973's Imagine, which is good, right? Like it's on the Rolling Stones top 500 album list at number 80. The title track was his biggest and his best song. However, he wrote one of the original diss tracks for Paul McCartney called How Do You Sleep? Um, He thought Paul had ripped him and Yoko on one of Paul's individual songs. In fact, Paul confirmed it later on that it was a rip on him and Yoko. Uh, so it's it's just kind of funny that like there were diss tracks going on between the Beatles in the 80s. Uh, he wrote a song called yeah. Jealous Guy, which is an apology for how bad of a person he had been to his previous <laughs> girlfriend's. Um, and he didn't really release anything after that for years. Like it was like five or six years. He didn't do anything. He helped Elton John with a remake of Lucy in the sky with diamonds. He played guitar with David Bowie on the song fame, but he didn't put anything out until 1980s album, double fantasy, which won the best Hmm. album with his wife. And it got, it was getting slaughtered by critics before he died like everyone said that's the worst album he's ever put out it's terrible the only song of note was beautiful boy about his son oh i love that song though it's the only song that was worth it have you heard kiss 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 by yoko off that album it's the worst thing you've ever heard it's just her (laughs) screeching kiss 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 over and over again which is yeah i mean there's a reason that she's you know kind of the yeah downfall of the beatles the day before he died, he he took the like qu- the picture of him and Yoko where he's buck naked, like caressing Yoko, like that yeah. was taken with Annie Leibovitz the day before he died. Uh, so that just kind of is like where he was in life. It, which I'm gonna get some stick, but this is why he's a three seed is because of where he was in his personal career at this point in time. He had done all the good stuff he was gonna do. But he'd point. done all the good stuff. And you want to oh, talk yeah. influence that he had had in the music industry in his life? I, I would, yep. I literally am amazed he's a three. So wait till we hear two and one. Cause I know I who two and one are. I can, I, I bet I can over, get them right now. I can't put them over those two. Uh, anyhow, but, mm, mm. At that point in his career. Anyhow. So For what he, he did sh- during his career. I know, but he was done. He hadn't he done was, it. He had nothing. It else doesn't matter what they did is still influential to this day. He's been dead a long time. Yeah. So anyhow, he was shot and killed by a rabid fan who thought he was a massive hypocrite. Um, The the fan thought that's what the fan said was that uh, he would write these songs about being against the bourgeoisie. uh, But then he was living that lifestyle. So that's why the guy shot and killed him. Yeah, clearly Uh, hated him. Just wanted his autograph like a couple hours before. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, so he, they, they went to the hospital, they tried to revive him for a while, but he ultimately failed and he was only 40 years old. So that's, that's, that's when he died on to our seven versus two seed. The results of the seven seed EDM artist Avicii defeated 
emo rapper triple x tension uh somebody corrected me on discord on how to say that name uh i, I think you still it. said it wrong uh, oh. it's xxx not triple x yeah and then it's like extension or something it's not yeah yeah. it's like spanish almost yeah he's got Uh, a cool accent to it anyhow which is funny for like an emo metal guy to have that be his name but that sounds like an emo metal guy's (laughs) name like that's very specific xxx extension like that's i mean totally i get it so anyhow he he lost massively to avici i think probably some of his uh being a complete a-hole probably was why he lost also because avici is really good yeah avici is really good uh so avici now again good luck uh, is on to face our number two seed Mm -hmm. uh tupac shakur uh who i I know you may say the beatles had done a lot Mm mm-hmm Tupac was 24 when he died. So, I mean, he hadn't done, he had done a lot before then, but he died so young. Um, He, interestingly enough, he was born in New York City. Like Mr. West Coast rap was from New York, which. Okay. So I know, I think he's 25. Yeah. Sorry. He was young. He was real, real young. Had a lot of potential in front of him. (laughs) Oh yeah, okay. but he's from New York City, New York which, baby boy, which was still kind of crazy. He was only active for five yeah. years, but he was considered one of the most influential rappers of all time. And ev- pre- yeah, pretty much every rapper who is out there still says this man influenced and changed the way they did it. Mm-hmm. A lot of his music was about racial inequality and injustice. Uh, he sold over seventy-five million albums in the four or five years he was active which is so many albums it's it's crazy the way he flowed was so hypnotic it uh it was almost like a trance state he released his first album in 1991 and it was it was so different than everything else that was out there it wasn't a massive seller but it talked a lot about social issues his second album called strictly for my n-words uh debuted at number 24 on the hot 200 in 93 and at his first hit called keep your head up and i get around his third album was the big one uh me against the world which was released in 95 right after he had gotten out of jail for one of his many times he was there uh it debated debuted at number one on the hot 200 it sold over 240,000 albums in the first week and it was the biggest debut ever for a solo artist dear mama was his first hit off of that album that went to number nine on the hot 100 so many tears and temptations charted uh i know a number of artists have said this is the greatest rap album of all time and it changed the way they think about things um his next album was put out in 96 and was a big shift from him it started getting less political and more about kind of the conflict with the east coast rappers it was the first ever double album with that was rap. It it was really about his rivalry with Notorious B.I.G. and Bad Boy <laughs> Records. Um, it was titled All Eyes on Me, and it had some of his biggest hits, Ambitions as a Rida, Two of America's Most Wanted with Snoop Dogg, California Love, and How Do You Want It. The last two were number one hits, and the album was number 436 on the Rolling Stones' 50 best albums of all time, selling over 10 million albums. So 
I know you may disagree that John Lennon and Tupac should maybe be swip swapped, but well, I do think. It, I mean, okay, so if you go with like John Lennon of the Beatles, I think that he should be number one, and I hate to say that because of who the next two are, or you know, the two above him should are. Be, um, right? Yeah, well, who I'm assuming are the two above him. I'm guessing, yeah. I'm saying, but yeah. yeah, like I mean, if you go with the Beatles, should be a number one seed. That's all I'm saying. But yeah. no, I get it. I mean, Tupac did a whole bunch. And then to like, I mean, his rivals in this list. So I know you, know. you can't ignore it. Like no. everybody. Did you really... try and set it up so that they'll eventually be against each other if they went through? So I tried to make it so they had to go a long way to run into each other. Okay. Right? <laughs> like, like, gosh, wouldn't that be nuts? It would be. That would be. It would thing. be. Because I could have swapped it so that they were against each other pretty soon on, but the, I think they almost have to get to the final two yeah. in this oh, okay. to run into each other. Because you want us to pick? I know. <laughs> I, I do. I do. It, it, and Tupac sold more albums than Biggie. He was a little he more did. influential. But they were. It was a whole thing. It was because you almost could combine their sales together because they were so influential on each other. Well, yeah. And in theory, they, um, you know, like the no press or all press is good press kind of a thing. Like, yeah. I mean, for that sure. they definitely helped each other's um, career. Well, too. part of the thing I was thinking about with this one versus Lennon was Lennon had already done a lot, but like, who are other contemporaries that are still out there, like Snoop Dogg? Uh, mm-hmm. Dr. Dre, right? Like he could oh, have yeah. been that level of influence Absolutely. on music if he would have survived, Again, right? Like, th- or he could have fizzled out and sucked. You know, I mean, that's could've. that's what's interesting is like we don't yeah. know what their career would look. Yeah, you never know. No, so he's, yeah, he's a massive, massive. So right after um, all eyes on me was put out, he went to celebrate his manager's mm-hmm. birthday at a Mike Tyson boxing match in Vegas. After the fight, he was driving somewhere else and a, a Cadillac sedan. Interestingly, if you remember Biggie's shooting, a Cadillac sedan pulled up next to him and opened fire. His is later. Yeah, too. it is. I it's, mean, it's suspected that it was retaliation. It's, <laughs> so. But it's just crazy. It's two old caddies pulled up next to both of them and opened fire out of the window. Like it just yeah. is. It's just it's crazy. Well, so, OK, it is suspected that Suge Knight and killed Biggie Smalls. Yeah. And Suge Knight was in the car yeah. with Tupac. So yeah. I mean, I think he remembered vividly what happened. Because I think he didn't oh, yeah. he get shot too. I think he, he did. got a he, bullet. He got a bullet from the like ricochet. Oh yeah, yeah. Shrapnel. Yeah, shrapnel, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and Tupac, it's interesting because Biggie was killed right away. Tupac went into the ICU for six days. And like they thought he would maybe pull through internal bleeding eventually is what ended up killing him, which is yeah. You know, the bullets what did the work, but, you know, that's uh, it is what it is. After his death, there were a number of albums put out. Suge Knight was going to milk that cow until he couldn't milk that cow anymore. He had actually put together. He'd done it, too. Yeah, right. Right. Maybe maybe he did that. Right. You never know. Suge was not a good guy. Uh, mm -hmm. That's why he's in jail. That's right. Side so note. <laughs> after Tupac's death, there was an album put out under his alter ego named Machiavelli. None of the songs charted, but the album was still four times platinum. His album Greatest Hits went diamond, so it sold over 10 million albums, and it had the song Changes on it. Like Changes wasn't released anywhere oh. else but his greatest hits after he was dead. It went on to get a Grammy nom, 
and it spent 433 weeks on the hot 200 list. So it's just, it's like crazy that a song that he didn't think was good enough to put out on his albums drove that's that thing to be so far. So just, I mean, it makes you wonder if that's just like a good producer too, being like, yeah. I told you this song was great, right. you know? It, yeah. Have, having changes just sitting on the shelf is uh, mm-hmm. most yeah. artists could aspire to have oh, one right. song like that. Right. So, yeah. So that's our two versus seven. Uh, mm-hmm. Onto the one versus eight. I think anybody who's kind of been paying attention knows who the one seed is in this <laughs> one, right? Yeah. <laughs> so for our eight seed, mm-hmm. Mozart defeats Takeoff from the Migos to take on the right to square off with the leader of the 90s grunge mu- movement, Seattle's own Kurt Cobain mm-hmm. from Nirvana, right? So Mozart oh, versus nor nirvana right like <laughs> uh, i love these wild matchups you know? you know people who changed music for the good it's fine. yeah right i keep saying things like this but nirvana like blew my mind they were only <laughs> active for five years they only put out three full albums bleach mm-hmm. Nevermind, and in utero they put out other things but those three were the only things they put out while they were active bleach came out it, it's crazy to think in 1989 and it sounded so different from the big hair and stadium metal that was going on at that time yeah. that their angsty, screaming, heavy distortion. There were two songs off there called Love Buzz and Floyd the Barber. They weren't massive hits, but they like I, I put them on the playlist for this. And it just they're so different than GNR, Scorpions, mm-hmm. all that, that it just like completely changed like. 30 years later, song, songs still sound like that. Which I is... cannot think of them as an 80s band, despite the fact. I know. That... <laughs> like... 1989. Like Ugh. I was I was like eight years old when this oh, album just... came out, right? With you were, the you other were two. Con- I was two. With other contemporaries of that time, that is very weird thinking of them as the 80s. But yeah, yeah, right? I mean, absolutely. The album didn't do all that well because they were on an independent label. So he went out and f- seeked out a big label and they put out Nevermind in 1991, which was that. G- good decision, <laughs> massive success. That album sold 30 million copies worldwide, including 10 million in the U.S. Smells Like Teen Spirit, Come As You Are, Lithium, In Bloom, all charted with Teen Spirit reaching number one on the Hot 100. Other songs on the album that did well were Polly, On a Plane, Something in the Way. They all got radio play. Even today, Nirvana is kind of having a resurgence. I talked about this a little while ago, about how good it actually is. Teen Spirit has 1.7 billion streams on Spotify. It's got to be, yeah, it it just, it's got to be the kids today kind of finding it. I was talking to a younger guy this weekend and like Nirvana's his favorite band, which good for you. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, like, think of, like, Jimi Hendrix's mind, which is, like, a time difference, yeah. you know? So, it's that we like the generation, some of the stuff from the generation before. Yeah. my daughter's And there's keep, shirts at the store, so. My daughters like, keep wanting to get Nirvana shirts, and I was like, name five, so- name five songs, and I'll let you get a Nirvana <laughs> shirt. Uh, they they can't name get five their... ACDC songs? No! And that was what pissed me <laughs> off. Uh, anyhow, I digress. Um <laughs> But Nirvana was like the voice of Gen X, right? Like it, mm-hmm. it, their yeah. the variety of the way they sang songs, they would go all the way to like metal, like 
harder song smells like teen spirit was just a classic rock song poly and in um in lithium were kind of like more mellow songs they were kind of covered the gamut with the way they approached this Mm -hmm. genre it was just it was redefined what rock music actually was well they created a new yeah you know subgenre grunge yeah. was a thing now yeah. and it had not been i yeah. mean flannel was everywhere and it yeah. had not been you know i still love i, I love flannel my daughters want to wear flannel now which is, is uh, I'm, I'm in let's do it um oh, oh so your, they, your daughters are all 90s clothing they right are now, they're all over it yeah so they released a collection of B-sides and unreleased stuff called Insecticide. Nothing on there got major play. It wasn't really an album, really, but it was kind of just a bunch of stuff and you could tell they were B-sides. Their third album was called In Utero, which was released in 1993. Mm-hmm. Little no f- known fact, something I just learned today while I was putting this together, that album was recorded in Cannon Falls, Minnesota. Oh, that's cool. I have no idea. Can- so, so for those of you who may not know, we both live in Minnesota and Cannon <laughs> Falls is a small little tiny town outside of Minneapolis, but it was recorded there of all places because they were looking for like an ambiance and like a secluded space. And if you really listen to this album, it is, it's, it's almost kind of that like resonance and like isolation sound heart shaped box, all apologies, Penny Royal tea and dumb all got massive play this this album went five times platinum it didn't reach the 30 bill 30 million sales that their first did but still it's a massive album heart shaped boxes i love that song i actually think inudro might be my favorite album of theirs because it just is a little different it's a little different opinion yeah (laughs) but i like it i love inudro so the last thing that they put together was their mtv unplugged session again it's not a real album it's a bunch of acoustic sets of their songs and a bunch of covers where did you sleep last night lake of fire and the man who sold the world were songs by lead belly the meat puppets and david bowie that they sang Mm. respectively but those are like the three biggest songs on there and that album actually outsold in utero it it was (laughs) debuted at number one it was recorded in 1993. It was released after Cobain's death because they had another album in the can that they were oh. working on that never got released. So well, that's they decided why it to do more. Instead. Yeah, right. It was after in utero because people were, you know, jumping yeah, on the bandwagon. Exactly. Like last thing you're going to hear with Kurt Cobain on it. Yeah. Uh, so for years, Cobain had struggled with a heroin addiction, and he had mm-hmm. been mostly throughout his active career. While on tour in Germany, he actually collapsed. And had to go to the hospital. He flew home and his friends staged an intervention for him saying, you got to go into rehab. You're going to die if you don't. A week later, he checked himself out, went back to Seattle and killed himself with a shotgun. Nirvana disbanded. Cobain is a number, another member of the 27 club mm-hmm. and arguably one of the most influential members of that club because he completely changed musical sound and the scene forever after he died yeah i mean i could see that for like influence in the future i mean think of who's on there from this list though i mean Uh, amy winehouse jimmy jim janice and kurt yeah oh and brian 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 jones right like it just it's oh do you know oh god what's her name Kristen faff of hole she's another member of the 27 club and she was like months after this um 
she oh gosh how okay i have it written down because i don't remember because it's like okay sorry no it's please i'll cut this out if need yep. be. so Kristen faff of hole so she died two months later at 27 than kurt cobain so Jeez. can you imagine courtney love's life oh my gosh that's crazy right? Like yeah. how devastating that she had these two people that were such big influences in her life also die back to back. Yeah. Seven Club man. It's amazing up. she actually made it through. It is <laughs> inter- it, it's amazing to think of the influence of that group, the people that died at yeah. age of 27. Cause like Brian Jones created the Rolling Stones, Kurt Cobain right. created, created grunge. Yeah, grunge and just like the angsty rock that which is like think of the spinoffs of grunge emo, the mm-hmm. like modern kind of pop punk phase, like the pop punk phase, right? Like it just yeah. it wouldn't exist without it. Jimi Hendrix and Distortion. Imagine yeah. if like no one had created Distortion. Well, if you think of Jimmy, Jim, and Janice, if the yeah. three of them had not been in music, I mean, like the three of them are almost a whole genre. Like yeah. you know, I mean, they're all huge in their own right. It just yeah. is insane, you know. So yeah, anyway, it, it just, it's no, it's great. This is, this is the conversation, right? Like it's what's going on. Yeah. So that's the full bracket. Did I kind of, did I leave anybody off? Anything missing? Okay. Let me look through my list that I had. There's people that I could like argue. Um, but I think I had almost everyone you had as my people, like for sure as the people on my list, I will say like the freak accidents was definitely my hardest one, but I had actually all those in my like list of people that sure. would probably be on there. But yeah. I'm, I mean like, but there are people I thought it should have been the one to four, like Billy holiday. I thought maybe should be on there somewhere. Whitney Houston. Mm. I thought yeah. maybe should be on there somewhere. Um, Whitney was but... one I struggled with. It, it's like she hadn't put anything out in 15 years. That was meaningful i i hear you on that and this is one of the things that i struggled with was like were they still at like what's the yeah. potential lost you know what i mean right. of somebody in this list and i a lot of this is my perspective so maybe i'm wrong on some no. of these but it, it it was a lot of the, the potential lost i think is a big thing for me and no. we'll and see I, with the voting yeah and i can see that so i mean a lot of the unfortunate like the other people that i had that were not on there are all we're like a little older mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like they might mm-hmm. not have been in their prime you know i mean she was what 48 i think when she, she was had. 48 yep yeah so, i mean and then she was just at the cusp and billy holiday she was 44 um but she also like changed jazz mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. she created a genre as well um i had as a maybe was an um odb Mm-hmm. clan you know yep. he was one he was an overdose and he was one that obviously and they were still uh, very big by the yep. when he was passing you know um yep. i know i've gotten a little lane. stick for that one yep lane staley yep, yep. that was another yep. one i thought about allison chains you know yep and he was another one like you know the others that he was definitely the voice if you think of who you're hearing with allison chains it's probably him you know yeah scott wheeland it, he was another one Interestingly enough, um, Kurt Cobain, when he was looking for that major album, I saw that he went to Allison Chain's manager to try and find really? which which album should he which record company should he sign for. So Allison Chain's was already out there, 
yeah. and they went with that. It's like, so Allison Chains was big, but you know, they kind of helped create Nirvana. So, anyway. right. They helped create that avenue. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I didn't have anyone that was like, I don't know. There are people that I could argue, but yeah. I think there were people that I was nervous you wouldn't have put on there, and then you put them on there. So, I'm good. <laughs> impressed that you did what you should have done. So, good. You know, my maybes mostly ended up on there. When I tried to yeah. approach it from musicians versus yeah. just lead singles, yeah. right? Like the drummers, I think guitar players, things like yeah. that, right? Like and putting Mozart on there, right? <laughs> like, yeah, you know, I, no, that was fun. But even like Chopin, he was young as well. Yeah. When, well, yep. not young, but he was 45, I believe, when okay. you know, he right. passed. Sure. Yeah. But I, I, guess I, I mean, I've gone wild with that. <laughs> but like like Jimi hendrix made the Jimi hendrix experience yeah um keith moon i won't say that he's the only person in the who that mattered you know like but he was definitely a huge component yeah. and the drummers are not always such a front and center you know yeah. as john bonham or keith moon so it's exciting when they are such a huge component that that, that they are respected that yeah degree, you know Good. Well, we'll see what people think. And uh, I think there's the voting will be interesting on this one just to kind of see mm. do people agree with the way I have things ranked, you know, do do they not? Um, I, I, I want to encourage people to think about the lower seeds. We didn't talk a lot about them today, but there's a lot of info in the plans. Okay. If you want to learn more, go go listen again and try and figure oh, out. Yeah. Where do you want to go from there? Oh my gosh. And don't write them off. Like, I mean, come on, Selena, Janice Joplin, Aaliyah, like the whole, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Bradley Knoll, right? Like sublime. Like that's a, that, Bradley Knoll, huge. Yeah. that's huge. So there's some really good yeah. artists down there. So I mean, Jim Croce, who you have at yeah. eight. Wow. Croce. I, the eight seeds are good. Like all those eight seeds would have like crushed half of the bracket in the <laughs> Grammys one. <laughs> that is true yeah at the which is sad right like those are people yeah. that won grammys yeah you know? exactly yeah all right so what do people need to do now um i'm gonna post a bracket on discord where people can predict who our winners are they need to join there fill it out it's just for fun but some people kind of get competitive about it I know, mm -hmm. Leah, you didn't fill out a bracket on the first one. Uh, and... No, but that's because I didn't understand that we were supposed to do that. And I was right. Fleetwood Mac won. I yeah. think that I was very loud about the fact that Fleetwood Mac was going to win so since there, the first day. There's a thing. You can't really complain unless you fill mm -hmm. out a bracket, right? I, know. So... I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> now you know. So now go know. fill out a bracket and join the fun and try and tell everybody why you're right, why they're wrong. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I love to do that. Yeah. There, there you go. Join the Brack Discord. Tell us what's wrong with the bracket. Did I mispronounce a name? I'm sure I did. I know I do. That's what I do. <laughs> yeah. um, voting is now open for all 16 matches. It'll close up Thursday, August 24th at noon central. Um, what do you think for upsets? What's your What's your prediction? Anything there? I mean, I listed. I mean, okay. Wait, who's Janice against? Keith oh, Moon. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay like shoot i mean janice joplin i always am going to be on board with because i just love her um Aaliyah, i think would have a chance of yeah. putting some people out selena i just think is so good that biggie smalls i mean 
Yeah. Okay, I'm listing like all the bottom people, but I could say that who they're against could easily beat them too because they should, you know. So I'd, it's hard. I'm, I'm hoping for close yeah. ones, right? Like I think I think this it gets real now, right? Like the plans they weren't easy, but they kind of were. Now it's like it's real. Like there's 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 a lot of contentions here. Like favorites are going to go home. You know, there's people I love too that I would love. Like I really like Avicii, and I would love for him to continue on. <laughs> but I don't know if everybody else is on board. With yeah, and especially because he's you know against Tupac. Well, yeah, Tupac. Yes. Avicii versus Tupac, right? Because like Avicii <laughs> changed the EDM genre, like it, it, yeah. like he completely yeah. ch- changed the way that's looked at, and it's been mainstream ever since him. So it, yeah, it, it's wild, well, and he's like so different because ultimately like he's not a singer he doesn't yeah. play a quote-unquote like instrument. Stuff. yeah you know but holy cow is he amazing so <laughs> i don't know yeah it's different well but he's just a different musician so it's fun you know exactly have him on here. well this has been a lot of fun it's been fun to have somebody to go through this with so <laughs> appreciate you joining and taking the time and walking through this with me anything you want to plug talk about last comments no. um i would say join the discord server it's really fun um i am pretty active on there and i try to be nice to people but i'm very expressive too <laughs> um <laughs> yeah but it's awesome because it's just fun to like talk about music with other people and you know that have yeah. very distinct opinions and have opinions that are wildly different than me but are very um I mean, there's one on there right now that is a lot, likes a lot of like the hip hop rap and it's been fun to like learn about things that I'm not as familiar with, exactly. you know? So it's very fun. I That's awesome. Well, great. Thank you so much for vo- joining. Um, like always, I've included in the description, a link to vote link to join the discord link to the songs that we've talked about. We have a like almost 250 song playlist now for Spotify that you can dig through. If you want to try and hear some of these songs, if you like the episode, please give it a five stars on your um, streaming service or a thumbs up on your platform. And remember you may not like the results, but you can't argue with the process. If you don't like how things are going, the only way to change it is to invite more of your friends with similar musical tastes to vote. And don't forget to enjoy the madness.